Welcome to Signal from the Noise by Podcast Notes, the best ideas from the world's best podcasts in minutes. Please enjoy the notes from A Technologist's Guide to the Future, Nathan Mervald on the Knowledge Project podcast with Shane Parrish. Check out the Knowledge Project episode page and show notes. Intro Nathan Mervald is the co-founder of Intellectual Ventures and former CTO of Microsoft, a man of many talents. Nathan holds an extensive patent portfolio with inventions as diverse as light-based hair trimming to artificial blood vessel creation. What lessons can we learn from the personal journey of one of the most interesting people in the world? Nathan Mervald, find out as he shares his experiences with Shane Parrish. Expect to learn about decision-making principles at Microsoft, the shortcomings of autonomous driving, misconceptions about environmental protection, and the intriguing world of geoengineering. Host, Shane Parrish, at Shania Parrish. Nathan's background, Stephen Hawking, Microsoft. Nathan is a physicist with a PhD from Princeton University. His research interests are in quantum theories of space and time. He had a particular interest in the work of Stephen Hawking and was excited to work with him. Working with Stephen Hawking. Nathan worked as a postdoctoral researcher for Stephen Hawking. He applied to several institutions for postdoc positions, and working with Hawking was his top choice. Hawking's research in black holes and quantum gravity was closely aligned with Nathan's interests. Nathan was thrilled to be accepted for the position and learned a great deal from working with Hawking. Leading Academia for Entrepreneurship After one year with Hawking, Nathan took a leave of absence to work on a project with some friends from graduate school. This project eventually turned into a software company, and Nathan became the CEO. The company was later acquired by Microsoft, and Nathan continued to work there for many years. A career at Microsoft. At Microsoft, Nathan worked on a variety of projects and rose through the ranks to become a senior executive. He retired from the company after many years of service. Second leave of absence and retirement. After retiring from Microsoft, Nathan decided to pursue his passion for cooking and enrolled in culinary school. Bill Gates hoped Nathan would return to the company after he finished his culinary studies. Nathan, however, was content with retirement and did not return to Microsoft. Later, Nathan received an email from Stephen Hawking, inviting him to return to academia and collaborate, but he declined. Why Nathan Started Cooking Nathan has been interested in cooking since he was nine years old. He discovered cookbooks at his local library and decided to cook Thanksgiving dinner all by himself. The meal wasn't perfect, but it didn't deter Nathan's interest in cooking. Nathan has always been serious about food and cooking. While working at Microsoft, Nathan realized that he had spent more time cooking than pursuing some of his advanced degrees. He decided to pursue a real education in cooking. Nathan convinced the Culinary Institute in France to take him as a student, which was a challenging task. He also had to convince Bill Gates to give him a leave of absence from Microsoft. How Nathan Made Decisions at Microsoft At Microsoft, decisions had to be made quickly in a fast-changing environment. Nathan believes in being analytical and careful when making decisions, but also monitoring how things are going and being willing to change your mind. The personal computer revolution was something that was not widely accepted back then. Microsoft's slogan was computer on every desk and in every home. Nathan received pushback from people who didn't believe in the idea of having a computer in their homes. 
Nathan wrote a memo in 1990 predicting that there would be a need for computers in every pocket, which has come to fruition with smartphones. Cars have also become computers on wheels, with a significant amount of computing going into the navigation system and engine operation. Nathan notes that many cars today can be modified using new chips, which is much simpler than the hot rodding of the past. Nathan's Predictions for the Future Nathan believes that short-term predictions can be relatively accurate, but long-term predictions are more difficult. In science fiction of the past, interstellar travel was often portrayed, but without the use of computers. Nathan notes that in modern times, computers have made driving much safer, and autopilots are commonly used in airplanes. Self-driving cars are a bit more difficult due to traffic, but autonomous trains are already in use in many places. Modern high-speed trains in Europe and Asia rely heavily on computer automation. Most modern subway systems also rely on computer automation for safety. While humans are still involved in these systems, Nathan believes that automation is way safer and that eventually, more tasks will be automated for safety reasons. The Flaws of Autonomous Cars Nathan acknowledges that autonomous cars are not currently as good as human drivers due to the many random things that can happen on the road that autonomous systems have a hard time dealing with. However, over time, improvements will be made and autonomous cars will likely become better than humans at driving. Nathan poses an important societal question about whether we will accept autonomous cars once they are better than humans at driving. The use of drones in aerial combat has been met with pushback, but drones are here to stay and will likely become more prevalent. Human pilots cannot withstand the same G-forces as missiles, and the cost and complexity of keeping humans alive in space are enormous. The manned space program is becoming more focused on space tourism, and there is no reason to take a fragile human into space. Quote, that's what Blue Origin and SpaceX and others are gearing up for and there's just no reason to take a fragile human up there the amount of cost and complexity that goes into keeping this fragile human alive in a context where it really shouldn't be as enormous. Nathan Meyerwald The exploration of Mars is incredibly complex and difficult, as demonstrated by the many failed space probes. The rovers and drones currently on Mars are semi-autonomous, and over time they will become more and more autonomous. On Space Travel Nathan is a huge fan of science and exploration of the solar system, but he believes that it is vastly cheaper, easier, and better to do it with machines than with humans. He does not see a need for colonizing the solar system, as he thinks it is a holdover from the ideas of the age of imperialism. Nathan notes that historically, humans have colonized different parts of the world, but if we need to leave this planet, it likely means we have screwed something up pretty badly. Some people argue that colonizing Mars could be a second home for humanity, but Nathan notes that the moon is a lot closer and has a variety of advantages, or large habitats could be built in space. However, he emphasizes that it makes a lot more sense to take care of this planet and not treat Earth as disposable. How We've Broken Earth Causes of Ecological Problems Immediate gratification Humans tend to prioritize immediate pleasure and gratification over long-term benefits, this can manifest in various ways, such as choosing to eat unhealthy food, skipping workouts, or neglecting environmental responsibilities. Self-destructive behaviors, as individuals and as a society, we engage in behaviors that can have negative ecological impacts. For example, using single-use plastic products, driving gas-guzzling cars, and overusing energy and water resources. 
Ingrained mindset, certain practices and values are deeply ingrained in our society and can be difficult to change. For example, the belief that economic growth should be prioritized over environmental conservation or the belief that human beings have a right to exploit natural resources for their benefit. Examples of ecological problems that have been fixed. Flood in Spain caused by a cyanide spill from a gold mine, the government took immediate action to clean up the spill and prevent further contamination of the river. Love Canal Superfund Site in the U.S. The U.S. government designated the site as a Superfund site, and the contamination was cleaned up over several years. Most air and water pollution in the U.S. The government passed legislation such as the Clean Air Act and the Clean Water Act, which regulated industrial emissions and improved air and water quality. Ecological problems that are more difficult to fix. Forest fire problem. The problem of forest fires is complex, as it is caused by a combination of factors such as climate change, forestry practices, and human activity. Addressing this issue requires significant changes in land management policies and practices. Climate change. Climate change is a particularly challenging problem because it is a global issue that requires cooperation and action from governments, industries, and individuals around the world. Addressing this issue requires significant changes in energy production and consumption, as well as changes in societal values and priorities. Renewable energy growth is not keeping up with the growth of the economy and the demand for fossil fuels. Despite significant progress in renewable energy production, the growth of the renewable energy sector is still not sufficient to meet the growing demand for energy around the world. This is particularly problematic in developing countries where economic growth is driving increased energy consumption. CO2 levels are increasing every year despite global efforts to reduce emissions. CO2 levels continue to rise, which is a major cause of climate change. Potential solutions. Invent a technology that is superior to fossil fuels. While this is a challenging goal, there is ongoing research into alternative energy sources such as nuclear fusion, hydrogen fuel cells, and advanced battery technologies that could eventually replace fossil fuels. Take climate change seriously and make significant progress to reduce emissions. This requires a global effort to reduce emissions from energy production, transportation, and other sectors. This could involve policies such as carbon taxes, renewable energy subsidies, and regulations on emissions from industry and transportation. Change societal and personal mindsets to prioritize the long-term health of the planet. This requires a shift in values and priorities, away from short-term economic growth and toward long-term sustainability and environmental conservation. This could involve education campaigns, media coverage, and policy changes to promote environmental awareness and responsibility. Recognize the source of the problem is human behavior and responsibility. The root cause of ecological problems is human behavior, and it is up to individuals and society as a whole to take responsibility for their actions and work towards a more sustainable future. This requires a recognition of the interconnectedness of ecological, social, and economic systems, and a commitment to promoting positive change in all areas. Quote, so there's another factor, which is jealousy and human nature. I think we understand what's causing the problem. It's a whole variety of things around modern life. Nathan Mervold. Fossil fuels are great for transportation due to their density and convenience. Electric vehicles are not necessarily better for the environment as they are often powered by fossil-derived electricity. Humans tend to put off taking action until they panic, as seen with the pandemic. Fire sprinklers are installed in buildings even though the probability of a building burning down is low, but the consequences are severe.
The risk of a pandemic is similarly low, but the consequences are severe and can affect modern society's logistics and transportation systems. Bioterrorism is potentially worse than nuclear weapons as it is much cheaper and harder to control. Nathan predicts there will likely be a bioterrorism event someday. The Pfizer and Moderna vaccines were developed in record time and are among the best vaccines ever made in terms of efficacy. Climate change will likely reach a point where panic is necessary, but even if we stopped all emissions on day one, it would take 100 to 145 years for the climate to return to the same temperature on the day of the panic due to the long lifespan of CO2 in the atmosphere. Alternative energy sources are not being developed fast enough, but it's not an easy switch as it cannot be done in a day and may take more than 100 years to see the full effects. The Science of Geoengineering Geoengineering is a way to combat global warming directly by manipulating the Earth's atmosphere and surface. The Earth is kept warm by sunlight from the sun, and greenhouse gases such as CO2 trap the heat in the atmosphere. Natural things such as clouds, ice and deserts help to reflect sunlight back into space and reduce global warming. Human activities such as having white roads, driveways, and roofs can also help with global warming. Another method of geoengineering is called solar radiation management, which involves putting particles in the upper atmosphere to reflect sunlight. There will be second-order consequences of geoengineering, but it may be worth it in some cases to combat unmitigated disasters. People have concerns about geoengineering, including the fear that people will rely on it instead of making hard decisions, and the fear of trading one problem for another. History shows that humans have traded one problem for another throughout time, for example agriculture, the automobile, and ecological problems caused by horses in cities. The decision to use geoengineering should only be made in a very special set of circumstances, just like doctors only perform open-heart surgery in life-threatening situations. The Global Problems with Global Warming To combat global warming, nations must cooperate globally because the impact of one nation alone is insufficient. However, some nations may choose to defect to gain advantages in manufacturing and energy costs. Global warming affects all of us, as we share the same atmosphere. Developed countries, such as the US and the UK, have been burning fossil fuels for over 150 years and cannot tell developing countries like China and India not to do the same, as they have a right to improve their standard of living. There is no way to force developing countries to reduce their emissions unless going to war, which is not a viable solution. War and conflict also contribute to emissions and worsen the climate crisis. The issue of global warming is not just an environmental issue but also a humanitarian issue as it affects people's lives and well-being. Parting thoughts. What does Nathan know today that he wishes he knew earlier? No clear answer, yet he hopes he learned something, as otherwise, it would mean he hadn't grown as a person. It recalls times in school when the answer to a problem would come to him after he had finished a test. Maybe we get lucky in the next episode? That wraps up the notes for this episode. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated. Don't forget to go to podcastnotes.org and subscribe to our free newsletter. The Top 10 Ideas of the Week. Every Monday.